0: Intergenerational co ed softball game, amen, on next Sunday evening at Harold Ritter Park, amen. Ages 12 and above, food trucks will be on site. Come play, cheer, laugh, amen. Uh, for those of us, amen. <sighs> I'm going to say who are 40 plus. Don't try to do what you used to do. It's a fun fellowship game. Amen. So we want you to come out on next Sunday uh, and celebrate Christian manhood. Pastor Donnie Garris of the Antioch Baptist Church will be our guest preacher on next Sunday morning. We need you on Wednesday night, and we need you on this next Sunday So we need you to be a blessing to our larger community, and we need you to be a part of this fellowship. Amen. Fun fellowship on next Sunday. Our God's Property Ministry will be presenting Ramsey Plus, which is Financial Peace University, plus much more. We will kick off on Monday, July 11th. The cost is $10 per person. And $20 per family, families must be in the same household. Amen. You can register through the upcoming events webpage. Previous graduates of Financial Peace University will benefit also because this iteration of Financial Peace University is not just the previous curriculum, but it is Ramsey Plus that offers more than the Financial Peace University curriculum. So we're asking and encouraging persons to come join us for Financial Peace University and Ramsey Plus, amen. Watch Chapel is seeking to fill the position of Director of Finance. You will work under the supervision, supervision of the senior pastor to provide accounting and fiscal services. Full-time job description may be found on the website under HR resources. A bachelor's degree in accounting from an accredited university is required. Email your resume to hr at amen. Watchchapel as we go to God in prayer, we wanna pray for our world. We wanna pray for our nation. We wanna pray for our state, our city, our county. We want to pray for every person on our healing and recovery list. We want to pray for Brother Gary Atkinson Sr., Sister Venee Ballantyne, Sister Dorothy Brown, Sister Shirley Brown, Brother Joshua Bussey, Sister Eileen Dozier, Sister Gloria Drawhorn, Brother Francis Duran, Brother Montrell Freeman, Brother Elmer Gilliam Jr., Sister Latisse Glenn, Deacon William Glenn, Sister Keisha Robinson, Deaconess Wilma Weeks, Sister Alexa Wright, Sister Sarah Wright. We also wanna pray for the family of Sister Marguerite and Donald Tracy as Sister Tracy's mother passed from labor to reward in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Funeral arrangements are incomplete at this time. We also, on this upcoming Wednesday, as we fast and pray every Wednesday, we want to be in prayer for construction workers and construction projects. If you travel throughout the triangle, or happen to travel north or south on 95, or west or east on 40, a lot of construction during the summer season. We wanna pray for construction workers, amen. Their safety, their protection, their hydration, as infrastructure projects are being launched and completed, we wanna pray for those God is using to build infrastructure across our nation. Call out the names of people, circumstances and situations as we go to God in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, all that you will do. We thank you for being a healer, Reconciler, Waymaker, Sustainer, Encourager. We thank you, God, for being our Heavenly Father, who is perfect, amazing, awesome. When fathers, earthly fathers, have forsaken us, you have been a Heavenly Father. As mothers and fathers have passed from labor to reward, you have been our all and all. So we thank you, God, for being our everything. We pray now for people who are in need of healing, wellness, restoration, encouragement. We pray for our country. We pray for our world. We pray for sane gun legislation. We pray, God, for public policy that benefits the masses, not just the few. We pray, God, for the ongoing growth of Wake County and the state of North Carolina and the Triangle. As we continue to grow, we pray that this area and region might be affordable for everybody. Pray for a living wage where people can live. We pray now for the quality of life for everyone in the Triangle. We pray for construction workers and those who are building infrastructure across our world. Keep them safe from hurt, harm, or danger. Protect. And Lord, we pray that every father might feel loved, appreciated, and celebrated today. We pray for reconciliation and healing for those who are estranged. Pray for those who are grieving Pray for fathers who have buried children. Pray for children who have buried fathers. Heal, touch, reconcile, strengthen. In the strong name of Jesus, amen. I want to call your attention to the 12th chapter of the New Testament book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to lift verses 1 through 10. We're reading from the New International Version. If you're physically able, please stand for the reading of God's Word. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 10. The Word of our God reads as follows. I must go on boasting, although there is nothing to be gained. I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. Only God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will boast not about myself except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain so no one will think more of me than it is warranted by what I do or say, or because of these surpassing revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power was made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power might rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults and in hardships, in persecutions and difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen.
1: I'm fighting. I'm fighting for the Lord. I promised Him I would serve Him until I die, and I'm fighting. Yes, I am. For the Lord on this Christian journey. I've had heartaches and pain, sunshine and rain, and I'm fighting. Yes, I am. Fightin
0: weeks ago, I kicked off a preaching series that will take us through September entitled Summer Jams. And on Pentecost Sunday, we talked about today was a good day. And last Sunday, we talked about the sky is the limit. Today, I want to preach from the topic, Survivor. Lord, bless your word, bless your preacher, give us ears to hear, remove every distraction, barrier, obstacle that would keep us from hearing from you. Holy Ghost, do your work, remind us of what we have survived our faith in you so we might believe we are victors, not victims. Touch, strengthen, bless. Anoint your preacher. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's look at your neighbor and say, I'm a survivor. Look on the other side and say, you are a survivor. If you know anything about the Christian faith, the Bible and the New Testament in particular, then you are acquainted and familiar with the Apostle Paul. No one who has a immature understanding of the Christian faith or Scripture has been exempt from exposure to the life and ministry of the apostle Paul. Paul is one of the most important and significant persons in the Judeo-Christian tradition and the Christian faith. If you know anything about Paul, then you know Paul was an anointed apostle and a courageous church planter. If you know anything about Paul, then you know Paul was a devoted disciple and enthusiastic evangelist. If you know something about Paul, then you know Paul was a faithful father and faithful follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you know anything about Paul, then you know that Paul was both a major mentor and zealous missionary. Paul was both a prolific preacher and talented theologian. Paul was a sanctified servant and generous giver. For those of us who know the life and ministry of paul you know that paul was a rich and rare blend of godliness grit and grace and while paul was all that and some paul was also a survivor you are familiar with Paul's life and ministry, then you are also acquainted with what Paul overcame and what Paul survived. As Paul writes this letter, or rather second letter to the church at Corinth, Paul is writing this letter to defend himself concerning character assassination misunderstanding attacks about the nature of his ministry and who he is as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ as Paul defends himself concerning these misguided unnecessary carnal attacks of his character Paul also records all that he faced and overcame for the cause of Christ. If you read 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul, in significant detail, Dr. Johnson, goes through a laundry list about all that he has overcome, faced as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. According to Paul, despite all that he faced, he was still a survivor. Paul was arrested, beaten, and criticized, yet Paul survived. Paul was run out of town, maligned, and left for dead, yet Paul survived. Paul was rejected and ridiculed, yet Paul survived. Paul was shipwrecked, snake bit, deserted, yet Paul survived. Paul was stoned, opposed, forsaken, incarcerated, yet Paul survived. Despite all that Paul went through, Paul was a survivor. More significantly, as we make our way to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul was also wrestling with a mysterious thorn in the flesh that was discouraging, debilitating, and depressing. We don't know exactly what this mysterious thorn in the flesh was, But this thorn in the flesh was given to Paul as a messenger of Satan, lest Paul get the big head. And Paul, despite all that he has gone through, declares that he is still a survivor. And on this Sunday morning, I wish I had somebody to help me. Despite all that you've gone through in your life, With God on your side, you are still a survivor. I wish I had a hundred folk who could testify, been through hell and high water, but with God on my side, I'm surviving. Had to bury people, did not think I would bury, had to go through stuff I didn't think I would go through, but with God on my side, I'm still surviving. Cried tears last night because of a strange relationship, yet I'm still surviving. Do I have a hundred folk in the room on this Sunday morning who can say I am surviving by the power of Almighty God? I'm preaching this for the real folk. I'm preaching this to the grown and spiritual. You ain't surviving because you got a degree from Central. You ain't surviving because you got a degree from State. You ain't surviving because you got a master's degree or JD or you ain't surviving because of your pedigree or because of your affiliations. But you are surviving because God has kept you. Can I preach this to the real folk? Don't get it twisted on Sunday morning. Red bottoms ain't going to help you survive. Purple label ain't going to help you survive. Your last name ain't going to help you survive. Whose arm you on or whose arm is on you ain't going to help you survive. But somebody knows beyond the shadow of a doubt, the God that woke you up this morning. The God that keeps you, the God that has kept your mama and daddy, the God who allows you to see, touch, breathe, is a God who can help you survive. Despite all that Paul has gone through, Paul is surviving. And I preach this message as a message of encouragement to somebody today. Despite what you are going through with God on your side, you can still survive. As we celebrate this Juneteenth weekend, we ought to remind ourselves as black folk living in these United States, this ain't the first time we have caught hell in America. But our mothers and survivors survived and we still have the intestinal fortitude. The same God who kept them is the same God who will keep us in 2022, in 2024, in 2030 until the Lord calls us home. Do I have a witness in here on this Sunday morning? You come from survivor stock. You don't come from cowardly stock. You don't come from victimology heritage. You come from the stock of mothers and fathers who survived. Can I preach this on Sunday morning? Went through the middle passage, but we survived. Went through Black Wall Street in Tulsa in a Wilmington Massacre, but we survived. Trayvon Martin, Eric Garner, but we survived. Y'all ain't talking to me. Breonna Taylor, Eric Garner, George Floyd, Eleanor Bumpers, but we still surviving. They killed Martin Medgar and Malcolm, but we still surviving. Doggone Donald Trump, but we still surviving. Redlining in Southeast Raleigh, but we still surviving. Voting rights legislation to steal our rights that we've been inherited, but we still surviving. How does Paul survive? Come here, Kelly. Come here, Michelle. Some of y'all ain't get it, y'all. Paul survives, as we read 2 Corinthians 12, Paul survives because Paul has developed perspective about pain. As you read 2 Corinthians 12, 2 Corinthians 12 talks about how Paul is a man who God has blessed with significant spiritual exposure. Paul says, 14 years ago, a man such as myself was caught up in the third heaven. And I had revelations and dreams and sights that were inexpressible to me. If you know anything about Paul, Paul was no spiritual neophyte. Paul was somebody. And Paul is a man who wrote more than two-thirds of the New Testament. Paul studied under Gamaliel. Paul was arrested spiritually by Jesus Christ on the Damascus Road and became the most zealous evangelist and missionary known 5,000 years of Christian history. And Paul says, I've been able to survive because despite all that I've gone through, despite all that God has allowed me to be exposed to and see, I have developed perspective about pain. And if you want to survive in this life, You and I need to develop perspective about pain. Preacher, make it plain to me. Paul says, a thorn was given to me to buffet me, to torment me, lest I become conceited. The pain that Paul has is a gift from God. Now, this is for the grown folk. Every Sunday, every day ain't going to be a walk in the park. Everybody ain't going to be your friend. Every meal ain't going to be sugar with chocolate on the top. Every day, every season is not going to be favorable there are some experiences in life that we will go through because we are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ that will be difficult, arduous, challenging, and painful. You better be careful who you listen to on the Word Network. Be careful who you listen to on the Inspirational Channel. Be careful who you listen to on BET. Every day ain't a great day. God is good all the time. God is our keeper. God is our sustainer. God is our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. But some days are hard. You can believe, you can call it and haul it, name it and claim it all you want to, but keep on living, honey. You're going to cry some tears. Something is going to break your heart. You're going to fall out with some folk you never thought you would fall out with. You're going to walk away from some circumstances, people, and situation going one way and they go the other. There are going to be some days like David. You want to take the wings of a dove and fly away. But Paul says, I've been able to survive because I have perspective about pain. The pain God has allowed me to go through is not punishment, but the pain God has allowed me to go through is for my pruning. I need somebody who's been through pain to talk to me on this Sunday morning because sometimes we misunderstand and misinterpret why God allows, why God allows what God allows and why are we going through what we are going through. It ain't because that God does not love us. It ain't because God is not here for us. It ain't because God is against us. God allows some stuff in your life and my life to bring out the best in us Through pruning. Let me see if I can make it plain to somebody. Ain't nothing worse. Or let me put it this way. Ain't nothing more bitter than fruit from a tree that ain't been pruned. Give me the fruit from a tree that's been pruned. If it ain't been pruned, it's short. It's arrogant. It's conceited. It's doing the world a favor. Come on, I wish I, I'm, I'm talking about fruit, I ain't. Come on, I ain't. If it ain't been pruned, it's snappy, it's haughty, it's prideful, but when that joker has been pruned, It knows something about joy, knows something about peace, knows something about patience, something about compassion, something about faithfulness, something about long-suffering, something about prayerfulness, because there's some things God does in us and through us once we've been pruned. Paul says, It was given to me so I wouldn't become conceited. Because had I not gone through what i gone through, had I not been through what I went through, had I not had my heart broken, I didn't want it, had I not gone through that health issue, Had I not gone through that miserable marriage, had I not gone through that estrangement, I wouldn't understand some stuff. Let me see if I can make it plain. Let me just grow here right here. Sometimes God will correct our character by making us uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. You <laughs> God will fix our character by making us uncomfortable you I survived I'm surviving because I got perspective about pain I'm surviving because I've learned the importance of constant communication. Look at what Paul says about his relationship with Almighty God. Paul says, I asked God three times to take it away from me. I didn't like this thorn. It doesn't feel good. It's difficult. It's painful. We don't know what this thorn was. But God didn't take it away, and Paul, hear me, watch chapel, never gives up dialoguing or communicating with God. He's going through pain, but he still prays. It's difficult but God, but Paul is still talking to God and listening to God it's painful but Paul has not turned his back on God, it's difficult but Paul is still coming to worship on Sunday morning, Paul is still getting on his knees when he wakes up, he's still talking to God at 12 noon still talking to God at 3 o'clock, still talking to God before he goes to sleep, he's in pain but he hadn't given up on God, he hadn't turned is back on God, he is still in constant communication with God. And if you and I are not gonna survive stuff in life, you and I need to be constantly communicating with Almighty God. I know it's difficult, but keep talking to God. I I know it's painful, but keep talking to God. I I know you don't know how it's going to turn out, but keep talking to God. And let me help somebody on this Sunday morning. Just don't do all the talking. Let God talk back to you. That's the breakthrough for somebody. That's the blessing for somebody because come here, Run DMC. You talk too much. Come here, somebody. You never shut up.
2: And I ain't just talking about us. I'm talking about with God. Sometimes
0: we just need to be silent. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Speak, Lord. I need to hear from you, and if we are doing all the talking, God can't get a word in, and sometimes we don't understand what God is doing, not because God has not said it, but because we have not listened. Paul understands, Deacon Dunn, what God is doing because Paul has listened to God. Communication is when you and I are talking and listening to each other. Talk to me. Talk back to me. I ain't just talking. I need to hear from you, God. And maybe you misunderstand what God is doing or what God wants to do because we have not spent enough time saying, speak, Lord. Let me help somebody. I dare you, when you get in your car, not to turn on the radio. I dare you to turn the cell phone off for an hour. I dare you to talk to God and just be in God's presence and say, speak, Lord. I dare you just to give God time to let God reveal and speak to you without Interrupting what God wants to say. Silence makes us uncomfortable. Let me, this ain't deep, but it's profound. The same words that, the same letters that spell silent spell listen. I survived. I'm surviving because I got perspective about pain. I survived and I am surviving because I'm in constant communication with my Father. I survived and I'm surviving because I have gratitude for God's grace. Paul says, I asked God to take it away. Three times I asked him. and God didn't take it away from me. But God told me, I'm not going to take it away from you. But my grace is sufficient for you. When you are weak, I'm strong. So Paul says, I glory in insults, in afflictions, in pain, in misunderstanding, in estrangement, because God ain't going to take it away, but God is going to give you something that'll keep you in the midst of what you're going through. Can I preach this? Can I close the way I want to close on this Sunday morning? I'm talking to some survivors on this Sunday morning who are virtual, who are in person, who are scattered all across the world because you got got pain, you got perspective about your pain. You have constant communication with your father, but now you understand gratitude for grace. I wish I could tell you God was going to take it away from you. I wish I could tell you you would escape what you're going through. I I wish I could tell you God would not allow you to go through some pain, some difficulty, some rejection, some adversity, some hateration, some desertion, some character assassination. I wish I could tell you life would be peachy keen with a cherry on top, but that ain't the story of the gospel. The story of the gospel is you're going to go through some stuff. You're going to cry some tears. Your heart will be broken. You're going to have some negative health diagnosis. Some people you thought were your friends are going to be your enemies. Some people that used to cheer for you now will hate on you. But praise be to God. I can survive because of the grace of Almighty God. Let me go old school. Grace ain't just about salvation. Grace ain't just about deliverance. God's grace will also sustain you. When we talk about grace, we talk about God's grace being a saving grace, yes? God's grace does save us. But God's grace will keep you strong when you wanna be weak. God's grace will encourage you when you are discouraged. God's grace will make you run when you want to quit. God's grace will make you go further when you want to give up. God's grace will put a smile on your face when you want to frown. Does anybody know about that grace? I'm talking about the grace that woke you up, the grace that keeps you, the grace that puts joy in your heart, the grace that sustains you. I'm grateful for grace. Thank God for pain. Thank God for prayer. But I'm thanking God for grace. I'm a survivor on this Sunday morning. Because of God's grace. Anybody been surviving? Anybody a survivor? Because God's grace is keeping you. God's grace is helping you. God's grace is sustaining you. God's grace is helping you. Thank God. your grace any survivors in the room are there any survivors (laughs) are there any survivors you done been through stuff you ain't told nobody about but you still survived don't know your story they don't know why you run the way you run they don't know why you smile the way you smile they don't know half the story I'm a survivor yes I am I said I'm a survivor what the preacher talked about he talked about surviving he called on Kelly and Michelle. I ain't know who he was talking about. I'm a survivor. We survive because of God's grace. We survive because of constant communication. We survive because we got perspective about pain. God Thank you for keeping us, God. And let me help somebody right now. The challenge here, help me Holy Ghost. I don't want you just to settle for being a survivor. I want you to thrive. You you don't have to just settle for surviving. You can thrive you don't have to be a victim you can be a victor you don't just have to make it check paycheck to paycheck you can save some money you don't have to just go through honey smile You done survived. You done survived. I mean, you done overcame some stuff. You done. Like today I'm gonna thrive. Devil threw his worst at you. I mean, he threw you a curveball. You done beat that. You done beat that. You done. You better come stronger than that now. I'm I'm bobbing and weaving. I'm I'm jabbing and moving, I'm... There's somebody right now, my sister, my brother, you're here. You're not saved, you don't have a church home. You want to accept Jesus as your Savior and Lord today. You want to unite with Watts Chapel. I want to extend the invitation for you to become a... For you to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord. I want to extend the invitation for somebody right now to become a member of Watch Chapel. If I'm talking to you, just raise your hand wherever you are. Raise your hand wherever you are. We want to lead you to Christ. We want you to become a member of Watch Chapel. If I'm speaking to you, my sister, my brother, we we don't survive without God. We don't survive without the power of the Holy Ghost or with Jesus operating in our lives. I'm helping somebody right now. I'm talking to you, my sister, my brother, raise your hand. You want to accept Jesus today? You're not saved or you're saved but you don't have a church home. Raise your hand wherever you are. You may be virtual. You're virtual. You're a virtual worshiper. We want to lead you to Christ, my sister. We want to lead you to Christ, my brother. As a family, we want to lead you to Jesus. We want to lead you to the blessing of church membership, church affiliation. If I'm talking to you today, Raise your hand. You can go to the QR code if you're virtual and fill out the contact us tab. But we are leading you, my sister, my brother, to Christ. Be seated. Our. Amen. All right, saints, brothers. We need you on Wednesday. We need your co-eds next Sunday, amen. Men's Day next Sunday. I wanna thank you, that, but let me thank you. Thank you for making our virtual VBS a success. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. Let me say this, uh, let me say this real quick. Turn down a little bit. Uh, Church life will forever be different. Church life will forever be different. As a church, we are going to save souls, advance the kingdom, do the work of missions, but how we do it is going to be radically different. Amen? So as your pastor, I'm asking for your cooperation and your flexibility in how we do church. We're going to be committed to the Bible, to Jesus, to the kingdom. But how we do church is going to be different. Because guess what? Folks still got still getting COVID. Folks still dying. We still in a pandemic. I just got a friend that came back from a foreign country. He think he got a new strain. He boost, vaccinated, boosted twice. He laid up in the bed seven days. So how we do church is going to be different. Amen? Thank you so much for your cooperation. Your pastor loves you. Happy Father's Day. Chuck, when are we going to take the picture? Are we going to take it outside? Yeah, we just do it outside. All right. Alright, let's, let's stand for the benediction. May the grace of our Lord and Savior, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest, will and abide with us until we shall meet again. The people of God said amen. 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 We live
3: with God has so many
1: Regardless of what the past has been, we still press forward, knowing that God's will will be perfected towards us. Amen.
0: Hey, somebody lost your keys. I got your keys. And These are your house keys, too. These ain't no car keys, I got your keys, okay?
4: My name is Henry Finnez and I am the chairperson for the African American History Ministry here at Watts Chapel Church. Juneteenth, short of June 19th, marked the day in 1865 when Union troops arrived in Galveston, Texas to take control of the state and ensure that all enslaved people were free. The troops' arrival came a full two and a half years after the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation. Juneteenth honors the end of slavery in the United States and is considered the longest running African American holiday. On June 17, 2021, it officially became a federal holiday. In this brief timeline, we look at the times around the first Juneteenth
3: and start events leading to Juneteenth becoming a federal holiday. December 31st, 1862, Freedom's Eve. The watch night tradition begins. Black people gather in churches and private homes all across the United States and the Confederacy. Watching and waiting for news that the Emancipation Proclamation has taken effect. At midnight on January 1, 1863, the Proclamation takes effect. But the Emancipation Proclamation cannot be enforced in places still under Confederate control. Note, The proclamation is actually an act of war that Abraham Lincoln, President of the United States of America, uses to persuade enslaved residents of the Confederate States of America to join the Union Army. President Lincoln has no actual jurisdiction over the Confederate States of America. That is why, after the Civil War ends, the 13th Amendment to the United States Constitution must be ratified. Meanwhile, Slaves in the westernmost Confederate state, Texas, will not learn of the Emancipation Proclamation until two years and six months after it takes effect. Why is that? In Texas, slaveholders are largely uninterrupted in their lives as owners of other humans because there has been no large scale fighting from the Civil War, nor has there been interference from Union soldiers. In fact, many slaveholders from outside Texas have, by that time, moved to Texas because they view it as a safe haven for slavery. Once Union General Granger arrives in Texas with news of the end of the war and the start of freedom for the more than 250,000 enslaved Texans, many slave owners withhold that information until after harvest season. And so it is that June 19th, 1865, is the first day that more than 250,000 Texas slaves learn of the Emancipation Proclamation. Major General Gordon Granger's order number three announces that slavery has ended.
4: General orders number three, headquarters, District of Texas, Galveston, Texas, June 19 1865 the people of Texas are informed that in accordance with the proclamation from the executive of the United States all slaves are free this involves all absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves and the connection existing between them become that between employer and hired labor the freemen are advised to remain quietly at their present home and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military posts and they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere. By orders of Major General Granger, Major and Assistant Adjutant General,
3: Just one year later, on June 19, 1866, newly freed slaves celebrate the first Jubilee Day. The original observances include prayer meetings and the wearing of new clothes to represent their newfound freedom. Soon enough, these celebrations spread to other states. December 18th, 1865, the 13th Amendment. The 13th Amendment officially grants freedom to all America's former slaves. That amendment does not take effect until December 18th, 1865. Note the wording of the 13th Amendment. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. The clause except as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted has been debated by scholars, politicians, and even prisoners as the exception to the abolition of slavery through imprisonment. Do your research and draw your own conclusions on this debate. Here are some other notable dates in the Emancipation Timeline April 16, 1862, slavery is abolished in the city of Washington, D.C. September 22, 1862, United States President Abraham Lincoln issues his preliminary Emancipation Proclamation. January 31st, 1865, the 13th Amendment passes the United States Congress officially abolishing the institution of slavery. April 3rd, 1865, Richmond falls to the Union Army. April 9, 1865. Confederate General Robert E. Lee surrenders to Union General Ulysses S. Grant at Appomattox, Virginia. December 6, 1865, the 13th Amendment is ratified. In 1979, with former Texas State Representative Al Edwards leading the charge, Texas makes Juneteenth a state holiday. The first official Juneteenth state holiday in Texas was celebrated in 1980. Other states soon follow suit. Juneteenth is also celebrated outside the United States. In 1997, the official Juneteenth flag is created by Ben Haith, founder of the National Juneteenth Celebration Foundation. The flag is revised in 2000 and in 2007, the phrase June 19, 1865 is added to the flag in memory of the first Juneteenth in Galveston, Texas. The star represents Texas, the Lone Star State, and goes farther to represent freedom for all African-Americans in all 50 states. The burst surrounding the star is inspired by a nova, a term astronomers use to describe a new star. On the Juneteenth flag, the burst represents a new beginning for all African-Americans from Galveston, Texas to the rest of the nation. The arc behind the star and the burst represents a new horizon, opportunities, and promises ahead for all Black Americans. The colors, red, white, and blue, serve as a reminder that slaves and their descendants were and are Americans. Ben Haith has said those colors symbolize the continuous commitment of people in the United States to do better and to live up to the American ideal of liberty and justice for all. June 15th, 2021, Juneteenth National Independence Day becomes a federal holiday. The holiday is celebrated officially for the first time